welcome to Women in Chemicals, Women of the Week. I'm Amelia. Kylie, and we're joined today by Caroline Thomas, Business Development at Mission Chemical. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today, Caroline. Today's episode is sponsored by Colonial Chemical Solutions. Colonial Chemical Solutions, or CCS, is a leading independent chemical distributor in the Southeast region. As a subsidiary of Colonial Group Inc., CCS provides unrivaled value-added services by utilizing company-owned storage facilities in Savannah and Atlanta, Georgia, Wilmington, North Carolina, and Richmond, Virginia, along with an extensive logistics network to quickly ensure prompt delivery for customer satisfaction. As an added benefit, CCS's Savannah Terminal is adjacent to the fourth largest and one of the busiest container ports within the United States. This uniquely leverages CCS's position to source from the world's leading chemical plants and provide its customer base with exceptional economic advantages, as well as the ability to export products. Colonial Chemical Solutions, Inc. is dedicated to providing customer-specific solutions focused on safely driving costs out of the chemical supply chain while maintaining the flexibility required to meet the most demanding just-in-time delivery schedules. Perfect. Thanks, Amelia. And thanks again, Caroline, for joining us today. Um, we always like to click, kick off these interviews, allowing for you to introduce yourself to the community. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into your current position today? Of course. So as y'all know, I'm Caroline, and I'm in business development at Mission Chemical. Like a few of the other women y'all have interviewed, I did not initially seek out a role in the chemical industry but I followed a leader into it and never looked back. So out of college, I started in a management program at Macy's. I had an incredible boss and that really set the tone and a high bar for the people that I wanted to work for. Uh, then I moved into a nonprofit, did some marketing there, and then started realizing I had an itch to do more. And through a friend of a friend met Trent Staggers, who is the owner and founder of Mission. I... <laughs> got his job description and I was like chemicals, admin, eh, hard pass and I almost passed up on this deal and I had a friend that was like hey you should really go meet him you know he started this company when he was 26 years old and is believe he's going someplace so I ended up going to breakfast with Trent and two and a half hours later still didn't know how I felt about chemicals but I knew that he was somebody that I wanted to work for and trusted that he would value me and would help grow me. And so I took the leap of faith and hopped in and that promise and that belief that he would be a great mentor to me has, you know, been tenfold come true. And I now have an incredible team group of people that I get to work for and our company's been taking off and growing so much. And I've just been so thankful to be a part of it. Uh, we were been with the company for six and a half years and it was just the two of us for a while. And we are now a 65 plus person company and own an asset, have multiple people that we just get to work with. So it's been a, a wild ride and fun to see it, the growth of the company. Wow. From just the two of you to 65 today, right? Is that what I heard? That is correct. So, and we That's didn't have any incredible. assets 
and now we have a you know a blending and packaging facility and that's like about 300,000 square foot of indoor warehousing and doing about 10x in revenue that we had done my first year. That's incredible. That's such a cool story to be able to tell about this, you know, kind of unplanned journey and entrance into the industry. Um, so I've got two questions for you, Caroline. What did you study in your undergrad? Marketing. So I, okay. that's about the one function I haven't really done in our company, but okay. my business background, I've was definitely very helpful in being the second person in our company right now. Yeah. Yeah, I can assume that you wore and have worn many hats um, throughout your six and a half years. And maybe we'll jump into that a little bit more with some of these other questions. But um, how long have you been in your current position with business development with Mission? Six months. Okay, so this is a new new and changing opportunity for you, which is exciting. Very good. So as we kind of answer go down the the questions here we'll jump into hopefully more of these many hats that I'm assuming you've worn over your last six and a half years but uh, the next question I want to touch on a little bit is uh, our community is curious to understand what has been the most pivotal moment of your career so far and what have you learned from it I would say that actually happened last year and that was really choosing my next role. So moving into this business development role has been very pivotal. So diving into all the hats I've worn, you know, I've been from the beginning customer service to our bookkeeping. So I've gotten to do the procurement and sourcing, the buying, logistics and freight to invoicing. And there are pieces of that that I loved. I love the operations. That's kind of, I love puzzles and operations were kind of just moving things across and making things fit into places. Um, and then as we've grown, we've hired people that are experts in a lot of these fields and we've grown to the point where like, I don't need to be in every function and that's actually more disruptive to kind of just play a smaller role here. So it's like, okay, it's time for me to choose. What do I wanna do and where do I wanna go from here and how do I focus? Um, and about last June, about a year ago is actually when I first learned of women in chemicals and my first mixer pairing was with Jen Jusen and she sat like, I mean, I think I hit the jackpot there and, uh, she sat on both sides with sales and supply chain and has, you know, moved throughout that. And so she just asked me a lot of like pro cons and, and just from that conversation I was like, I want to do sales. Like I want to go try that side and actually learn the commercial side and, and use what I know in operations to be a more effective and helpful sales rep. So that was huge. And that's like, I'm not sure I would have gotten to that as quickly as I had if it hadn't been for women in chemicals and that mixer pairing actually. So that makes me so happy to hear. Yeah, I know. I was like, so I've, this community has just been a huge, a huge piece for me and having most women have back office jobs. And so we don't always get to be out in front making community and building this network and the virtual networking has been, I've gotten to meet somebody in Europe and those gives you an option to reach out and find new people in different industries and talk through those, those things. Cause I only knew my own little niche. 
So through that and in making this bigger choice, I've had a lot of support and a lot of people kind of speak into that and kind of guide me. So thank y'all. <laughs> That's such a good story to tell. I think that what fuels Amelia and I and I'll let Amelia chime in too is hearing, you know, these testimonials just like that. Um, and you're not the first, and I hope that you're not the last that has had influence from our community to help, um, you know, at, at the very least be a sounding board to some of these decisions that you're making along your career. Amelia, do you have any comments there? Yeah, I mean, I just, I love that story, and this feels so perfectly timed, because as our community knows, we just took Q2 off, having our mixer pairings. Um, and we actually really debated getting rid of the mixer pairing because we felt like it was not having great attendance and people weren't engaging in it. Um, and this was something that we talked about a lot with our board. And Jen actually sits on our advisory board. And I referenced you telling me at NACD annual that you had met with Jen and she had been really monumental for you um, as a reason that I thought we should keep it. So we are changing the format, but that actually comes back next month. And for anyone listening that wants to sign up, um, you can sign up under the what we do on our website. But I love that story, Caroline, because I think it just really highlights kind of the magic of those one-on-one -on -one connections and the fact that you can learn something from everybody you meet. Um, and you never know kind of where a conversation is going to go and how it might affect you. So it's really great to hear. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad to hear they're coming back too. So I'll sign up as soon as it's available. Yes, you're on the list, but they're <laughs> July 11th is the first one back and they're going to be live now. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Everybody just joins the Zoom and you get automatically paired um, with somebody that joins. Awesome. I like that. Yeah, looking forward to it. So Caroline, maybe we'll be talking again July 11th. Yeah. So the next question we have for you, Caroline, um, expands on the more like skills-based experience that you've had and gained throughout your career. So can you share with us some of the skills that you have um, that you think have most prepared you to succeed in this industry? And then are there any skills that you are actively working on developing for future career goals? Absolutely. Um... Obviously, I had the blessing and opportunity to sit in so many different seats being a small company, but I, I tried to put on my hat of like, if I were, were in a larger company, how would I also learn the things that I did? And to me, the, the skill set is more of just this curi being curious and having curiosity and asking a bunch of questions. So having zero background you know, I didn't understand why a truck could not get to the port in 30 minutes and load up and then get back to somewhere in two hours. And so I sat down with freight carriers and was like, how does this work? Tell me, like, what's the process? They're so really trying to understand the different pieces of the puzzle that go behind the scenes to fulfill an order and seeing what that is, because now I can set expectations or build enough time in the, in the process to make a successful customer experience. So I think we can do that not having sat in the actual role, clicking the buttons or making the calls. It's just taking time to sit down with coworkers or other leaders or mentors in, your, in the industry to have 
to ask questions about that specific function that you might not know, but we all affect each other. So in sales now, I don't want to make a promise that's going to go back down the chain enforce people to make either break a promise to me or break a promise to our customer or put them in a bad spot, right? So if I take the time to understand what they know to do and what their functions and roles are, I can build that into how I set expectations across the board. Um, and it's funny is like, I was actually not the why kid. I'm the why adult. <laughs> like, tell me more, tell me more, which is also funny. Michael Sherlock, who wrote a book called Tell Me More, spoke at one of our emerging leaders programs and it's this whole notion of just tell me more like let me learn and keep learning about uh different things and comments that people make um so i think there's there's definitely that i also play in sports as having disciplines and goals in training uh so that's kind of the same thing i look at the skill i'm learning now i'm six months into business development I have an operations background that absolutely supports me, but I've not done training in the sense of how to run a, an effective sales meeting, how to structure that. So some of these fundamentals. So I love people. I love serving. I love helping three great places and skill sets that are kind of just natural to be in, but you can be a lovable person and not run a meeting. Well, <laughs> you're not going to get, the right experience and you're not going to actually be helpful so for me the things that I'm kind of focusing on is just some of those fundamentals of like how to run a sales meeting how to listen actively and ask the questions be like how would I present a solution that actually is helpful um so it's really that active listening reading a ton of books and kind of taking some courses and calling friends and setting up mentor relationships that can help refine those skills and just kind of speak into those areas. That's a really good point. Uh, so Amelia and I are in school right now too. And um, part of one of the classes that I've taken or part of the curriculum was based around the idea of like storytelling in the workplace. And you make this like skill set or, or you have this want to embrace or to further educate the skill set of being able to like present solutions to your teams. Um, and I think that there's so much to be like learned and there's so much out there uh, around like presentational storytelling or storytelling in the workplace. So maybe we can connect offline on that, Caroline, and talk a little bit about what I took away from that class. Because um, to, to date, that's been one of my favorite classes so far because I see, like you said, the value add that comes in being able to like effectively communicate your solutions, the problems, the challenges you're facing um, to an audience so that they listen and embrace and hear what you're saying, right? I'd love that. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, it was, it's a really great class. So the next question we have for you, Caroline, is around um, kind of stereotypes in the industry uh, or perhaps misconceptions that may have been perceived before you entered. So um, what's the biggest misconception that you've had about working in the chemi chemicals industry and how has your perspective changed throughout your time within the industry so far? My understanding of chemicals was very limited and my thought was that they were only in cleaning products. 
Like that's just, that's all, that's, that's the only place that they were used. Um, and now sitting in this industry, you're like, chemicals are a part of everything. Um, and they're not bad. Um, so you kind of those two things of like very limited understanding of what chemicals are in the things like our daily lives. And I love seeing different products and talking to our customers and like, well, how, how do you actually use that? Like, what does it go into? And, um, you know, they can just point to things that I'm wearing. They're like your ring, it has a coating to protect the, the gold metal from, you know, the outside environment. I'm like, oh, cool. I sell something that goes into that or, you know, mm-hmm. coatings on a car or I we use canola oil in an oil field product. Like there's vegetable oil and then learning even just like how like vegetable harvest and the changes of like the drought and weather that has an effect on the food chain that goes, it's just everywhere. Like I can't even form f- full sentences because there's just so much. And I think that's the coolest thing about the industry is that there's so much overlap and there's so much that we can take and use. And then we also recycle things and other byproducts of other products that can go into making this. And they all tie up to these small places that become everything that we use. So it's, that's my favorite thing. It's, there's so much to learn and there, you're never going to stop learning unless you just to stop yourself, but you can always learn something new every day. Absolutely. And I think that like, so your original comments were, I thought this was cleaning products and I thought that a lot of chemicals were bad. And this is the second interview in a row. One will be released right before this one. Um, so last week, our we had a, a very special Women of the Week interview uh, with a mother-daughter duo in our community that you guys will get to, to learn from. Uh, but they were telling us about how their initial perception of the industry and feedback from, you know, folks that, you know, and their friends and family, when they're telling them that they work in the industry, are like, well, that's a bad industry to be in, or, you know, those chemicals are bad. Um, and Amelia made some really good points about, you know, you could take a look at the, the cell phone that that's in their hand or the textiles that they're wearing um, and how many chemicals are involved in those processes and how involved chemicals are in our daily lives. Um, so I completely relate to that and learning something new about the chemicals that I use every single day. Um, and they're all around us. So it makes it just like so much more humanized to me when I learn that everything that I touch contains something from the industry, right? Absolutely. And we just went through a period of COVID and disinfectants. And I know that's kind of all going to cleaning, but like our hand sanitizers, like in pharmaceuticals, like all of that are, have some type of technology and chemistry that goes into them that are life-giving. And I think that that's an, an interesting perspective or, or something for me that I just never really related it to. Yeah, and maybe that's the story we need to start to like focus on in our community and within the industry telling, you know, sharing and emphasizing the positive effects that these chemicals have um, in our world today that are relevant examples, just to simplify what the industry can do for us, right? Absolutely. Amelia, I see you, I see you came off mute. Yeah, just back on that point of like, 
it's in everything. Like I almost feel like it's a curse at this point to know that chemicals are in everything. Like the other day I was in the shower and I put my body wash like back on the rack and it was like ingredient label out. And I was like, Oh, betaine's like, where is this manufactured? And then I, I get out of the shower, take a picture of the bottle and send it to my colleague. And I'm like, please ask this customer about this product. <laughs> and like, I was like looking at a hair product the other day and I was like, oh, I wonder where they get their blowing agent from. <laughs> and now I'm like, why? Like in my personal life, I'm thinking about selling chemicals. It's ridiculous, but it is, it's everywhere. It is. Yep. So Caroline, this next question is more based on feedback from your nominator. So I'm going to take a second to read their feedback on your behalf. Um, it says, Caroline is a shining example of someone making their own way in life through any means necessary, never shying away from a challenge for herself and never shying away from challenging others. Can you tell us about a recent challenge that you went through and how you overcame it? And do you have any advice for those of us facing various professional and personal challenges right now? might tear up a little bit that was, that was very <laughs> kind words um but yeah I think the um the biggest challenge for me in, in the last year is as we've grown and I needed to make a choice on where I wanted to direct and kind of channel my career there is a bit of an identity crisis that came along with that um for six years I sat in the seat of the do it all, the no, not the know it all, but like I knew I had the tribal knowledge of our company and I could answer any question. And I loved that. <laughs> I had the identity of the fixer as the, as the go-to person. And as we stepped further away and kind of removed myself from those things, like letting go was really hard. But in that, I had to sit down and kind of recognize like, why is that so hard? And seeing that, like, my identity was very much defined by being that go-to person and feeling like that was being taken away, I grasped onto it and I didn't let go well in a lot of ways um, and, and just kind of working through that and choosing to make sure and kind of like redefine myself, not in my work and not feeling like my only value is what I add to the company. The, my value isn't always just the work that I do. It's the presence and the empowerment and what I can give to others. So that was very emotionally taxing, but I feel like I'm so, I not feel like I'm so thankful for the kind of that struggle because I'm much more confident in who I am and what I can bring to the table as somebody that wants to empower and teach others and so there's this joy in letting go too and seeing my colleagues that are kind of sitting in my seat it's not that they're sitting in my seat they're in this role and taking it to the next level and one of our values is level or level up and seeing how my colleagues level up these different positions is the most joy I think I've had in like ever. And so being able to teach and, and pass that on has been the most fun. And it's kind of helped redefine my motivations and my identity is really to be the most positive influence I can to those around me. 
and a lot of that comes from letting go and teaching and letting them take it to that next level. I'm absorbing this so much because I myself, Caroline, am in what I believe will be, and this is already hard for me to say, the end of a transitionary period in my current position as well. Um, It's been like a six month kind of interim state type period I've been in that I've gotten very comfortable in. Um, And the last month or so has been truly transitionary where I'm really needing to let go of what my old role and what I know for the last majority of my career so far, um, letting that go is and moving to something new. Um, So hearing your perspective on how you've taken that, you know, kind of that difficulty and letting go and turning that around to, you know what, I have put my name and my mark on that. And now it's someone else's time to do the same and, and add to that or level up, like you said. Um, and so I, I'm happy to hear that because as I end my transitionary period with the colleague that's taking my responsibilities, I ended our final call, like our formal transition call. And I said, you know what? this is now yours. I've, I've really taught you how I would do things, how I've managed through it, but you get to make this all your own um, at this point. And so I'm excited, like you said, to see how that becomes his own portfolio, his desk, uh, and where he takes it to the next step. That's huge because that is not easy. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, not. It's not. But then it's reaping seeing the rewards is is so much better than being in the role still like watching them be like wow I would never have done it that way and that was huh? better not that my way was wrong but you just made it even better and that's mm-hmm. exciting stuff. that's awesome I, I look forward to seeing how he takes takes the portfolio so um, as we get to the bottom of the interview Caroline we've got one major question for you remaining before we open it up to you to share advice to our community so that last question is what do you hope to see over the next couple of decades of your own career uh, for yourself uh, and for the development of our industry at large and what motivates you to work toward these goals that is a tough one so I am I've always been that like, where do you see yourself in five years question has always been extremely difficult for me because I'm, I'm used to being transient and moving from place to place and kind of filling all these holes or being the glue that holds things together. So this, this question was a challenge as I'm newly kind of set on a career path to like, okay, well, I just thought I'd do this for a few years and see what happens. Um, But I loved this question because it actually goes into one of the books that I've been reading and it talks about setting a clarity of vision and in that you do that in a lot of aspects of your life. So, and that's just, and then you make choices around that vision. So that's that whole point. So it's like, this is the direction I'm going to go. And then when you're making choices, does this support or not support the vision I have for my life? It's a no, don't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this like career wise, as I've gone through the identity crisis of scared of not being needed, what did I come out of that? And how do I avoid getting back into that space, right? Where it's all about performance driven. The thing that motivates me and what I want the most is to be a positive influence on those around me. 
So that doesn't limit me to only ever staying in just business development that can move to supply chain that can move up in wherever our company goes or where this industry goes. Like, how do I make sure wherever I am, I'm being a positive influence on those around me. So that doesn't give the most specific question, but that is that vision that if I'm moving into a new role, that will be what I pressure test is like, can I be a positive influence in this area and do that effectively and be, um, and empower others in their roles? Um, in terms of the industry, and I think what I, I can't wait to see what Women in Chemicals does and how it grows, and I wanna be a part of that as well, because that has been and is an incredibly positive influence in our industry today and has been for me in the last year. And I want to see that continue to grow as we've seen more and more women enter the industry and move up through the ranks and balance career, home life, other goals that um, have historically not been a place that uh, women can have just like an open path to. So that's what I, I wanna see that and want to be a part of that growth and development and empowerment there. So all around that's kind of the, the motivation is to be a, a good leader. I'm very, I believe that everyone is led by someone or something. And I also believe that we, no matter your position, are leading someone or something. And so being led by something, taking the time to recognize like what is leading you. Is it a positive influence? Is it making you a better person? And if it's not, either put up boundaries to protect yourself because you can't always leave a situation, but, or leave. So create space to protect your mind and your heart so that the things around you are leading you in a, the direction that you wanna go. And then as somebody that's leading, wherever you're sitting, ask yourself, what kind of leader do you wanna be? For me, I'm very passionate about people feeling known, seen, and heard. Top three things for me. So I want to make sure that everybody I'm around feels known, seen, and heard and has a voice. And I believe that's really a lot of what Women in Chemicals does too, is creates that community to have a voice, to be seen, to be known. And I want to continue to see that grow through Women in Chemicals and also through this industry as a whole. That's such a good perspective that I need to kind of sit with and soak up because I need to take a couple of those pointers away myself, I think, Caroline. Um, I really appreciate that. That's such an interesting perspective and something that takes effort that I want to acknowledge that that's not something that you can just like subconsciously think about that takes you sitting down and being very introspective. So I really appreciate the effort that's being made to acknowledge that. And I I'm excited to kind of take this in myself and, and embrace this a little bit too. So thank you. Um, as we close out here, Caroline, you shared with us uh, a couple of, excuse me, a couple of books that you've read and, and things that you've learned from those books, but we want to open it up to you for any kind of closing recommendations, advice, books, podcasts, whatever it might be that you see relevant to share with our community. Advice-wise, I think it's this take ownership of your own growth. Um, hindsight's 2020, but I 
I wish I had set a clarity of a vision sooner and made choices that either supported that and, and use that as an analysis of the direction that I'm going. There's a little bit of where I'm like, ah, I wish I had known that five years ago and, and made choices around that differently. While also having a broad vision allows you to, to see a lot of things and allowed me to narrow down. I still was a bit too dependent on others to pour into me and teach me rather than seeking that out. Um, so part of setting this clarity of vision to so the book that, that it came from is called The Leader Within Us by Warren Rustand. Um, he's part of the EO community and it talks about setting that vision, why you do it, how you do it, et cetera, um, and making those goals for yourself, whether they're in a career or personally, you know, like either like what you want to do with your family, how you want to, like how much money you want to save, anything that you can do, you can evaluate all of your life around those things. So uh, taking ownership of that, reaching out to mentors, learn, seek, develop a community and just seek out that area and don't, don't wait for somebody to, to teach it or give it to you or to fall in your lap. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing I would say. Um, one of the podcasts I love is Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast, uh, Michael Sherlock, Shock Your Potential, because that has a lot of really neat business leaders that are on there as well. That's I love the mentions and the full circle moment that's happening with Michael Sherlock because we've had her participate in our community in the past. Um, she's a great resource to us as well. So absolutely. That's awesome. So Caroline, I just want to thank you again for your time here this afternoon uh, and share your story with our community. I think they'll have a lot to take away from this afternoon's interview. Um, and thank you for your participation in our community. It's a pleasure to have you and a pleasure to learn more about you. Uh, and hopefully next month, maybe we'll see you on the new virtual networking pairing platform. So looking forward to that. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank y'all for everything you're doing for us.